after the new comic days, after the dinners, after the final night under those fluorescent lights, there was the Alternate Realities Gang, a community wrestling with the legacy of the store that brought us all together. In this final My Comic Shop History event, experience one last year with the AR crew in a story told over four seasons. And now, the music of Ralph Puma. Lost composure. Welcome to the My Comic Shop History Farewell Event. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. This is For All Seasons, Chapter One, Winter. And joining me is Alternate Realities legend, Dr. Bill Mayo. Welcome. Thanks, Anthony. I'm so happy, as always, to join you on a podcast, especially one that talks about alternate realities. Yes. This is the first of the final four episodes. And I know we've had a variety of finales in the past with varying degrees of finality, but truly... These are the final four episodes of My Comic Shop History, four quarterly episodes, each tied to a season of the year that will be released over the course of 2023 as we reflect on the legacy of alternate realities and our community almost a decade out from the store's closing. I can't believe it's been almost a decade. Really, when you said uh, seven and a half years, it certainly doesn't seem that long. You know, that's for sure. It's, but at the same time, it kind of does. And, and, you know, it's funny, like the multiple finales that we've had, I feel like we had a finale, but then Steve announces, oh, we're going to go to a comic show. And I think that's what revitalized it all, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. In my defense, thank you. <laughs> we did, when you look at the arc of this podcast series, we did five seasons. And the fifth yeah. season was my county's comic shop history. And it was my tour through Westchester's lost comic shop scene. And the finale of that season was you, me, Steve, and Rich. And that really was putting a bow on the alternate reality saga. And I really did, for the most part, intend for that to be it. I figured I would do some special episodes when my comic shop country came out. But otherwise, I really felt like, okay, we've told the story. And then at the top of 2020, when we had our New Year's day Illuminati breakfast yeah. pre-pandemic, Odo was like, oh, I'll do Undiscovered Realm Comic Con as a vendor. And I was, I was off. I was like, all right, new podcast series. <laughs> you know, well, that, you had a lot of content all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, it was the sort of thing where it was like, well, now here's a new story to tell, new material. Because I don't want to just, yeah. yeah, we can only tell the same story so many times and talk about how much we miss each other. So I figured, all right, this is something new. And then, of course, the world went to hell. And that yep. 
a little event convenient for Steve, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, that really. Uh... I think I think he was not really thrilled about the whole idea, as we talked about during that podcast. But yeah, yeah, he definitely. Yeah, he certainly hasn't brought that up again. No, no, and I don't think he ever would. And yeah, I I, I definitely feel like he was not prepared for the level of enthusiasm that that you and I exhibited yeah. towards this. We were ready to go, and he was like, I guess we're going to sell bags and boards. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was his whole thing. It was like, people need bags and boards, and they'll be at the convention. They'll they buy comics from other at the store. <laughs> yeah. I know. You and I are there. We're like, we want to rebuild alternate realities in the middle of the convention floor. He's like, I just want bags and boards. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not flying in for that. I know. And so that, of course, fell apart. And then we ended up doing other events. We did the longer Halloween, which, which was great. was yeah. a lot of fun. That was, you talk about a pandemic project. That was really born out of, I miss podcasting. I miss talking to everybody. And it created a great vehicle to reconnect with, with a lot of folks. And then just this past year, I did a couple of events, one with Fat Moose, another with Acme. The two stores mm-hmm. that I've connected with on my journey that I forged yeah. the, the strongest bond with. And so- you know, we've, I think we've told some great stories and it's been a great journey and now it's important to know when to get off the stage. And so I just want to have a, a really beautiful, wonderful farewell run over these quarterly episodes. And I think it'll be great. All right. Sounds good. So this will be, this will be the end of this podcast, the My Comic Shop History podcast. Yes. It's like an end of an era. Unless alternate realities ever comes back. That's my only, I think that's the only thing, but I, I don't ever foresee that happening. Sounds like it's coming back in Steve Odo's basement, but that's to be seen. Okay, so thank you for bringing that up. So for anyone, because I know there are a lot of Steve Odo fans who, who listen, for people like, what's up with Steve and where's Steve? So Steve is going to be on our spring installment. Uh, you know this, this is, no, this is no slight to you. My original plan was to, was to kick things off with Odo. And when I asked, like, hey, what's going on, this and that, he, he related everything that he's doing in a very long text to the point where I said, you know what, how about, <laughs> you want to do spring instead? And he was happy to do that. So he's been busy, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll leave this for him to, to really share the details with. But just to give people a, a snapshot of what Odo's been up to, he moved. He moved out of his lifelong White Plains house to a new place in Connecticut. So he moved. He's almost entirely moved out of the Westies warehouse in White Plains that we've talked about a lot mm-hmm. over the life of this podcast. He closed his diamond account. Which yes, there's been a lot of end progress. Of an era. End of an era. And With, he is over, still selling Over the matter of $12, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he had a little bit of a back and forth with Diamond over over uh, a, a certain fee, which we'll, we'll talk about. And you know, he's yeah. and he's still selling on eBay. For anyone who wants to check out his wares yeah. on eBay, he's under the Super Odo seller name. So so he's still out there. So he's been he's been very busy. And yes, recreating alternate realities yet again. First he recreated it in the warehouse. Now he's recreating it in the basement of his new home. Correct. Which I would like to go and visit. Turns out, as always, it was really just just the people that he he was done with. He's the stuff. The stuff. He still likes the stuff. <laughs> he still likes the stuff, and he likes it laid out in a <laughs> the exact same way. So the latest Facebook post was that he had got a new storage unit just to stage the stuff. You know, going from the warehouse to the staging area, then into the that the new home, which I thought was hilarious. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good for Steve. You know, and I tried to call him um, one week, and he was not too happy what I that I called. He was like, "Is this important?" I'm like, "I just wanted to say hi and you know check in." He's like, "Well, I'm very busy moving." It's like, "All right, well, call me when you're free, I guess." And it's been you know over a month now, so call me when he's free. I heard basically the exact same story from Rich Roney. Same type of thing. Oh, is that like, right? I tried calling yeah. Steve. Like, you bit my head off. He's like, what is it? <laughs> he was so, like, you would think he'd want a break from all this moving. But yeah, you, I didn't want, I mean, he's definitely in the groove where he has a flow and I was disrupting it. If only there were some function on the phone whereby you didn't have to answer it and the, Ignore the, function. And yeah, the caller would obligated. be able to leave you a message. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's the funniest thing. You know, just like in altered reality, he always would pick up the phone to yell at the guy for calling on a Wednesday or just don't pick up the phone. Yeah, these saved a lot of heartache, I, know, I think. I know. I know. In, in, get- in, in uh, Devil's Advocate, it's like he sees it's you. He sees it's rich he, in case it's an emergency. Right. He, he oh, yeah, for sure. He doesn't want to ignore you. But no, it's, it, it is very true. And the same thing at the store. It's like I know I look generally as a matter of policy as a business. You know, you want to you want to answer, you want to respond. But if it's truly that busy, where if you pick up, you feel the need to yell at someone for calling, <laughs> yeah, maybe just just let it go. Yeah. So your thesis is, in order to maintain good business practices, you pick up the phone and yell at the customer because that's better than not picking up. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I have to save the story for when Steve is here. But just just to give a little preview, I I sold some equipment some old podcast stuff that I don't use anymore on Facebook marketplace. Mm-hmm. Talk about the hellscape. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on about how frustrating, frustrating it is to deal with people on, on Facebook marketplace. But there was, I had an exchange with someone and the Steve Odo within me was, was flaring and I restrained myself. But I, I said to myself, I was like, I know exactly what Steve would say to this guy. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to say it. it. Give it to him for free. <laughs> and I really wanted to say it, and I didn't. I softened it. That's where the Rich Roney influence uh, came out, and I was more diplomatic. But I, but I want to. I'll share that with Steve when he comes on, because if if he ever if he ever has any doubt about the impact he's had on on the youths who came through the store, he needn't worry because it's it's yeah. truly it's truly deeply ingrained. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm sure you wanted to break it and give it to the guy for free. Yeah. And maybe even say, daddy doesn't love you. I don't... (laughs) His famous last words. To the final customer of alternate realities. It's still amazing. What a way to go out. It's so You were there, right? I was there to witness that. That was wonderful. Tell her daddy doesn't love you. (laughs) That's that's the funny thing. You... If you were... If you were imagining what the final customer interaction at the store would be like, or if you were scripting it, right, you would probably make it some either a, a regular, a beloved regular, or yeah. or someone lost in, lost to time who who comes back after being away for a while. And what a great way to finish! The first customer of the store comes back at the end, something yeah. like that. No, 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 the ending. Just some yeah. random guy <laughs> that Steve tears apart, and it's perfect. It, it's great. And meanwhile, you know, the guy sees the store literally in shambles around him. And he's like, hey, is it full price or is there, you know, things are discounted, which, you know, I think we had been discounting things for days. But yeah, he didn't want to discount this one because I guess it was a special order. Oh, my gosh. So funny. What did it matter? The three dollars, you know, whatever. On the, I guess I could see it from both sides because 
you know, from the guy's perspective, on the one hand, right, he sees it going out of business. And typically, yes, you you can get things at, at a bargain price. But at the same time, like you said, the store's in shambles. It's like, read the room. Maybe, like, just <laughs> pay and go. <laughs> oh, man. So, Good times. hey, everybody. For the first time in a long time, we're actually going to have a screening of the documentary film, My Comic Shop Country. So one of the shops in the film is Escape Pod Comics. They were also a guest on an earlier season of My Comic Shop History. They are currently in the midst of celebrating their 10-year anniversary. So first and foremost, congratulations to Escape Pod Comics on that milestone anniversary. To celebrate, they are hosting a number of events, including a screening of My Comic Shop Country. Again, the first screening in a really long time. So it's going to take place at the Cinema Arts Center in Huntington on Long Island, on Monday, February 20th at 7.30 p.m. So that's President's Day, Monday, February 20th at 7.30 p.m. If you are interested in purchasing tickets, head on over to Cinema Arts Center with an R-E, cinemaartscenter.org. And I'm also happy to announce that Menachem Lukens, the owner of Escape Pod Comics, as well as someone everyone is very familiar with on this podcast, Sean Hendricks, owner of Fat Moose Comics, and myself, We'll all be on hand at the screening and we will participate in a panel discussion after. So if you're in the area or can get to the area and you want to come and check it out, we would love to see you uh, again. So that's Monday, February 20th, 7.30 p.m. And head on over to cinemaartscenter.org for tickets. And again, congratulations. Happy 10 years to Escape Pod Comics. Who do you call when you're in trouble? Alien Invasion? Call Superman. Bank being robbed? Call Spider-Man. But who can you count on if you want to learn how to make a window bag? Filtastic Comics and Art is here to help. Whether it's fighting FOMO, talking about art, or baking wheat cakes, you can count on Filtastic for your comic and art-related infotainment needs. The best part is, you don't even need a bat signal. Just look up Filtastic Comics and Art on YouTube. Subscribe today to keep up on everything Filtastic. Fat Moose Comics is New Jersey's best and oldest comic book store. Established in 1982 and under new ownership since 2020, Moose sells a wide selection of new and old comics from every publisher, action figures, graphic novels, posters, statues, and more. If you're looking for something and they don't have it, they can probably get it for you. They know a guy. Visit Fat Moose in Whippany, New Jersey the next time you're in the Garden State. And be sure to reach out via the Fat Moose Comics Facebook page. Oh, as far as other updates, we were talking about this off mic. I I hate delivering this news. So about Spider's Web, you know, last last yeah. round of episodes, I had Lord Retail from Acme Comics. And in one of the episodes, I did a little segment, like, where are they now? The stores that I featured uh, on the podcast or in the documentary yeah. and a number of them closed. And we talked about that. And sadly, we have yet another closure and, and one personal to us, the Spider's Web in Yonkers, New York, closed after 10 yeah. years. And, and Paul opened his shop pretty much uh, simultaneously or right after we closed Alternate Realities. I mean, I think it was within months. No, right? it was before. It was before? Yeah. He, so Paul – no, Paul – because Paul opened – But I feel like it was after Steve kind of announced that he was closing. No, it wasn't like – oh, I see, I'm, I'm forgetting now. No, no, no. So – and I remember this or I know this because uh, it was – Paul was open 10 years. So he opened in mm. 2013. So a couple of years before the store closed. Yeah, for sure then. Oh, yeah, opened. Right after. 
That's true. Okay, yeah, because they use some of the stuff from alternate realities in their store. Exactly. So Paul Barrero, who's a longtime customer of alternate realities, he's been on the podcast. He was on the podcast in season one and season three, and Spider's Web is in my comic shop country. Uh, he opened the Spider's Web in Yonkers, a uh, bit you know, uh, south of alternate realities in, in 2013, like we said, a couple of years before the store closed and, you know, had this 10 year run. And then just a, a month ago or, or so just announced I'm closing at the end of the week. And I have no inside information. I mean, even if I did, of course, I wouldn't betray any, any confidence, but I've not, you know, I've not spoken to him. I sent him a message and I just said, Hey, congrats on, on a great run. I, I can imagine the factors that went into this decision, you, you know, lots of luck. And yeah. he said, thank you. And that was really it. So I have no idea. Again, I assume this was born out of the typical challenges that we're all very familiar with when it comes to running a shop. I know he's posted from time to time on the store's pages about, hey, reservists, come and get your books. So I think that old problem. Just common themes, yeah. Yeah. So how many times had you had you been there? Obviously, you don't live here now, so I wouldn't expect it to be a lot, but you've right. been there, right? But I definitely visited Spider's Webs a few times, and it was usually with an AR crew member. So I def- definitely went with Steve in the past. I definitely went with uh, Rich Roney. Um, you know, I always enjoyed my time there. A lot of the times we went, I feel like they were like more focused on the gaming. They had like some Warhammer table set up or something gaming, maybe uh, the Marvel Hero Clicks. But this is years ago, right? So that was when it was popular then. And so Paul was only there one time that I remember, um, but he was such a gracious guy, you know, and he gave me an employee discount, you know, because I was a former AR guy. Um, great guy. You know, I feel bad that he had closed the store. Uh, I'm sure it was definitely a dream of his. I think when he opened the store, even he said that, but I'm sure he's also relieved um, knowing that uh, maybe that part of his life is kind of over. Um, and it doesn't sound like, even though he might have, pointed out to some some of the reservists not picking up his books i don't think he did quite the same email or facebook post that steve did uh when he was you know some people left him in the lurch no no you know, I... such a good email that decade later we remember it <laughs> it was as as fitting as that final customer interaction was so too was steve's closing announcement and i know yeah. look we, we talked a lot about it at the time about whether or not that was the right note to strike yep. but yeah, you, you don't forget it, and there's something to be said for that. <laughs> and it was it was perfectly Odo. I, I, I if it had been anything else, it it would have just felt it would have felt off. So, it but it's it's sad about Spider's Web, and I you yeah, know on a absolutely. personal level, I I feel bad. I mean, I hadn't been there literally years at this point. There was a brief period of time, 2016 or so, during the Rebirth era, where mm-hmm. I had a pull list there. It was my little experiment to see if I could get back into going to the shop every week. And it, it, in the end, the experiment didn't didn't really work. Mm-hmm. It, nothing really to do with the shop, but it was more just my relationship with comics had changed. And even now, because I tried the same experiment with Oh Yeah recently, and same type of thing. I won't be continuing with the pull list. Again, not, nothing to do with the shop, but my my comics consumption now is really all driven by what I'm covering on Digging for Kryptonite, the Superman yeah. podcast. And so some of it is what's coming out now, but I, I do read digitally. And now I have the option to read new DC stuff a month after it comes out in shops on the app. Mm-hmm. Of course, again, always support your local comic shops. But in my case, it just it makes more sense for me. Space is an issue. And so again, my relationship with it is different. I For me now, it's it's far more about what I'm reading and watching for the podcast and those conversations that I have 
about the material on the podcast. It's not, it used to be about talking about that stuff with you guys at the store. Yeah. And now it's this whole other outlet that I have. So just my relationship with all of this has changed. And, um, but there was a brief time where I, where I did go to spider's web and they were always very good to me and very nice mm-hmm. and the discount and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, sad, sad to see it go. You know, whenever I walk into a comic shop, I hope to like rekindle a little bit of, you know, what we used to have at AR in so far as like, you know, what are you reading? Uh, can you tell me about some of the things you're excited about? And invariably, at least the shops around me here in New Mexico, nobody seems like they're really willing to engage, um, maybe the same way we did. And I think we kept not only ourselves kind of interested in a lot of the new titles, but also the customers as well. It was like part of what we did. Um, and, you know, I ingen- generally enjoyed it. Like if you had said something or Rich had said something, like, hey, you got to really read this book, I would jump on it and re- you'd read it. And then you'd have some extra stuff to talk about in addition to all the friendship stuff that we normally talk about. Um, but, you know, again, I've tried to... <clears throat> I've never had a pull list uh, again at a comic shop, but I've definitely tried to like you know re-engage certain titles that I used to enjoy. And you know, I don't know if the magic is gone, the writing has changed, or what's really different. Maybe me that's different. Uh, but it's so hard with the modern comics to just you know get excited anymore. Uh, and again, maybe it's because I don't have a book club or the you know the people to talk to about it. But I'm more likely to read something that's published 30 years ago, or I'm super excited when you want to read something. Uh, and then we could talk about it on the on the podcast. Um, I was telling Rich the other day, somebody locally here on Facebook Marketplace actually <laughs> was selling the entire run of Nexus, right? So the Steve Rude and uh, Mike, I uh, can't think of his name. Oh, man. Anyway, oh, uh, he did Badger also. Jeez, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, I was super excited. I went and bought them all. I was like, oh, I'm going to read some uh, Nexus. <laughs> you know, comics from the 80s are more captivating to me now. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I get it. No, I like I said, I've had now two attempts to try to rekindle that routine, and 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 I don't know. Look, I mentioned uh, Acme and I mentioned Fat Moose, and those aren't stores that are local to me. Fat Moose is only an hour away, but it's not a weekly sort of thing. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I were closer to to one or both of those stores, it, it might be a little different. It, it might be a little yeah. different. I, I because I think they're the social component might be enough that either it would prompt me to, to keep up with the books in physical form on a weekly basis, or even if I was just picking up the occasional thing, I would still just go there and hang out. So I, and again, that's, that's, I don't mean that as a personal slight on the shops here, but it's just, look, you have different, different vibes, different, different degrees of friendship and and connection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And there's so many different, factors that go into it and again i think spider webs was a great store you know it definitely had everything you can think of um same with oh yeah both of those local to what alternate where alternate realities were but uh you know i think they lack a little bit of the community aspect although from what i've observed um but it does sound like uh that acme has it and certainly um fat moose has it from what i've i've heard and they cultivate it you know yeah, for sure. And I, but I will say to to Mark's credit at all, yeah, I, I have taken my son Milo there a bunch of times, and uh, you know Mark's always uh, you know great with him, and Milo has fun, and so it's you know that's one thing that's been new and different and and positive is that you know it, it's been an outing for us, you know, a, yeah. a bunch of times. Like that's great. And look, as he gets older, if this is something that he's interested in as a hobby and wants to read, you know, that would be fantastic. And that could open up a whole new. 
a whole new avenue. Oh, we could bring back the podcast for that. Hmm. Yes. There you go. <laughs> you know, I've tried and tried again to get Logan into comic book reading, but I, I something about the generation, you know, his generation and maybe Milo soon enough, um, they just don't go for it. Um, I see less and less kids, certainly when I go to comic book shops too, um, for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's more, they're just so used to consuming things digitally and maybe they are consuming comic books digitally form uh, in digital form. I don't know, but you know, I put a comic book in front of Logan and he kind of walks away. It's ha- have you tried digital with him? You know, I I've had several times I've had the pr- subscription for, um, you know, the DC universe or, or whatever it is when we have to, had to review something. And he was definitely excited about certain things. Like he'd be like, oh, show me the first appearance of Batman. So you would see it. But then like, it was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. Cause you know, the art's a little crude and you know, the story's a little goofy. So, you know, he's excited, but then once he engages it, he's like, oh, not really. So then it makes up, you know, engaging other stuff a little harder. And so, you know, I'm hoping maybe as he gets a little older, you know, he's certainly, you know, on the nerdier side. And so that's a good sign that he might get into comics, but no signs yet. Unfortunately, because he would stand to inherit a, a great comic book collection. <laughs> there you go. All those Nexus comics. That's right. <laughs> Amongst other things. <laughs> no, I look, I, well, it's, it's cool that you tried and maybe it's something he'll, he'll come to. I know that is, I, yeah, I do wonder about that. You know, for all the talk that we've done here about the future of the industry and the medium and, and the, just this whole idea of, well, who, is there a next generation and how do you yeah. reach them and how are they consuming this, if, if at all? So uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Does he like does he like the characters? Does he watch the movies or the cartoons? Yeah. So if it's anything media and cartoons, he'll like. You know, he loved the Harley Quinn cartoon because I think it skewed on the sort of cruder side. Um, and then he you know appreciated that he almost felt like he was watching something maybe he wasn't supposed to. Well, yeah, I don't um, think he. Should. I was going to say. <laughs> I don't think any of us should. There's. <laughs> but. You know, it, it, so he definitely does consume the characters it, to, to some regard. There was an but, orgy in the last season. <laughs> nah, we didn't watch the last season. Well, I think we watched the first season, whatever was on. I think you know, right. we really enjoyed, I think J.B. Smoove, right, played the, uh, the yeah. plant. It was hilarious. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he enjoyed that. All right. No, because in the last season, they do a whole Court of Owls thing, and it's like a sex party. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we haven't watched that season. <laughs> Anybody who's listening, I've not watched that season with Logan. <laughs> He's 12. But, but uh, I want to talk about the future. Do we have time for asides? We have, we have, we have no set agenda here. We were, you know, audience, we were, Bill and I were talking off mic. He's like, what are we going to talk about tonight? I was like, I don't really know. So we could, this can go well, wherever. I, I'd love to talk about maybe the perceived future because you see a lot of these stores closing down. And you wonder what it is, right? And so we talk a little bit about this younger generation maybe not interested in it. But let's talk about comic books themselves as terms of the longevity that they've had already. Um, you know, when you think about when they started in the 1930s, a lot of these characters date from the 30s, 40s, 50s, certainly 60s. I think we've had all of our ca- characters that we have now pretty much from the 60s on. You know, you think about like books, like a Hemingway book, right? He's got a finite series of books. And if you want to read Hemingway, you read these 10 books, whatever the books, and that's it. Or if you really are into Tarzan or something, you know, you got the Tarzan series and then that's it. You know, is there a need to continue, you know, into the future, you know, stories with these characters forever? Or is it just like, well, this is what we have. If somebody really wants to read Batman, hey, read this story that was published, you know, 30 years ago. It's a great story. You know, why do we feel like as this industry, we just have to constantly be writing, 
you know, maybe this is not a good cop- topic for today, Anthony. I don't know. But like, why do we? Why do they continue on? You know, everything else that's been in the media that's can like comic books has kind of died a slow death or died a death, and they just you know maybe re- you know re- you know revisited every now and again, like the Wednesday. Uh, TV show that's a huge hit right now. You know, the Adam family was in the 50s and the 40s. You know, they had like that brief, you know, TV show in the 70s, and then nobody thought about them until the 90s, and they did a couple of movies. You know, so maybe that's the the more conventional way that characters and books like this and media like this should be consumed. And maybe stores close down because like you can't compete. Like no, you know, we're we're trying to you know beat a dead horse. I don't know how many times is Superman gonna save a, a cat out of a tree? I don't know. This is actually this is a fascinating topic and question. I, I'm taking all of that in. I, I, I obviously there's an answer. To this. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there is an answer. But you do. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. And there, well, look, talk about like ending the podcast and knowing when to get off the stage. There, there is value in in an yeah. ending. And like you said, there are things that will end, they'll go away, they'll come back, but there is a little bit of a break. I, I mean, I think for longtime fans, the whole idea of this ongoing narrative continuity, there's there's an appeal to that. But at the same time, because now, look, between talking to people for this podcast and all the other ones, one thing I've noticed and have experienced in my own life, it is exceedingly challenging to, I mean, I can't, there aren't a ton of comics fans I've spoken to who have maintained this, the a consistent level of fandom and interest their entire life, right? So many instances where it's like, oh, like I kind of fell out of it, then I came back. And that's understandable. Like it's hard, you know, it's hard like, to maintain. Like anything else, you get fatigue, right? You, you, you get fatigue from the, the consuming the same media in, in the same form for 30 years, right? And, and And I think that's what the comic book industry needs to deal with is the fact that, most of its readers are people like us, and we're tired of it. <clears throat> and it's hard for us to re-engage certain characters where it's like, well, my idea of Batman was 1980s Dark Knight Returns. And so when you put him in a weird, I don't know, that what's that dark that that Batman metal comic book where he's got the spiky hair and you got the Robins on leashes, it's like, well, it could be shocking because nobody's done it before, but that's uh, not for me. <laughs> you know? And so I, you know, I don't know really what the future holds, but I think that the you know the movies coming in captivating a new audience you know i think that's going to probably point them in the right direction or a new direction because you know i think like you said continuity wise 60 70 80 years of comic books it's it's probably getting to the point where it's it's getting close to the end i don't know that's my feelings on it also the the there is the risk right of of just comics always being there you know you, you take it for granted and you assume it always will be there and maybe that makes it easier to kind of dip in and out be, or or at least dip out yeah. you know right because you yeah. feel like well they'll be here when i come back and yeah. maybe you do and maybe you don't i you know as as you were saying that and and talking about your son i was thinking about this idea that we've come become that has come up a number of times about like you said like he'll, you know he likes the other media incarnations of the character and it does always beg this question because you know, I, a lot of times I think we look at it from the perspective of, hey, what people, kids or, or adults are are consuming these characters in, in the movies and the shows and, and video games. How do we get them to, to read the comics? But the, the other side of that that we've talked about is, well, what if that's satiating their need for these characters? What if that's enough? Yeah. yeah. You know, how, how – I mean, I don't know. And I, I know this will vary person to person, but you have to be 
pretty interested, right? To to watch the movies and consume in all these other ways and then be like, oh, but I also want to read the comics. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's at this point impossible to get into, right? Even if you just fell in love with one of the characters from one of those shows, right? Let's Flash, I don't know. And then you're like, oh, how many comic books are there of Flash? You know, you know, somebody who's new to this, you know, maybe Logan, he might think that there's dozens. But then you tell him, I don't know, thousands of comics? Like, that's such an intimidating thought. I mean, I wouldn't even want to get into a character knowing that. But, you know, I get if they were to move towards something that's like, well, we publish once a year a Batman six-part comic book in a, you know, prestige format or something like that, I think that would be a lot, go a lot further into getting new readers than, you know, let's get five different Batman titles to appeal to all these different types of kids and adults and, and see what, what sticks. And what they wind up doing is just reset every couple of years. At least they'll be doing that for the last decade. It's like, oh, well, this isn't working. We'll reset again. This is the new 52. This is the new whatever, you know, in a bid to get new readers. But I don't know if any of it's working. I think we're all fatigued, whether it's the kids who just saw a movie and they find out how much is out there, or it's us adults where it's like, like, I applaud you, Anthony, because you've been going through quite a bit of Superman, probably more than I've seen anybody consume. You know, a lot of people collect comic books. Maybe they're like, oh, well, I want to collect the entire run. I think Brian O'Day was doing the entire run of Thor. He was trying to do it last time I talked to him. But like, I don't think they read all those comic books, but they're like, oh, I need the, you know, these books. So you collect them. But you, on the other hand, you've been reading pretty much all Superman, whether it's the Golden Age, the Silver Age. I think that's the most impressive feat uh, for someone our age, right? That's a lot of reading. Oh, well, thank you. I, Yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm really not concerned with the collecting aspect of it. I, it really is more just about learning and experiencing these stories. But, you know, whatever, whatever lights someone's fire uh, it is totally fine, I guess. No, I, I have nothing wrong with collecting. I, I shouldn't, I should say that I'm a comic book collector myself and I've collected a lot of things that I've never read, but it's funny how people consume certain aspects of this hobby, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know, and to your point, I, I mean, I've, I've always felt that titles should take breaks and, and I mm-hmm. understand these are ongoing monthly periodicals. Like I get that, but I've always felt between creative teams, maybe you just don't publish for a couple of months instead of always having to have something because, you know, then you, you create, you know, that scarcity, right? Like it, it drums up some yeah. interest and people, people then want it. And so you wonder what's, what would be more effective, right? Putting out a book 12 or more times a year with a lower level of, you know, a lower number of people buying it or putting out again, one or two big graphic novels for the year that everyone yeah. gets and you make a big bookstore push and, and, and advertise it along with the movies. I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if that would make a difference, but again, I think they're, they're, they're valid questions to ask. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly don't know what the future holds. I would love to, you know, be a fly on the wall at some of these meetings at DC or Marvel where they're trying to, you know, plan ahead the next couple of years of projections for comic book sales and books that they're excited about. You know, I just don't know what goes into those discussions of, you know, what they really think that the fans want. I don't think they really know. I don't think anybody knows. Uh, the other thing, too, is I, I do think about this a lot in the context of Superman, and I've mentioned this a lot on Digging for Kryptonite, but it's relevant here where I, I always have to remind myself those early years of Superman, really within those first few years and, 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 and beyond, Superman had permeated culture and media. Right. So it wasn't just the comics. It was the movie serials and then the George Reeves series and the radio show and the newspaper strips. And 
and yet the comics, you know, we're, everyone was, all the kids were reading the comics too. So I, I bring that up because it's like now I think it's easy for us to say, oh, well, you know, they're, they're getting their fill from the movies, so they don't need the comics. But you go back and yes, it was a different time and there was far less competing for, for people's attention technology wise. Right. But again, you had these characters, Superman in particular, in all these forms of media, but yeah. still the comics were the heart. So I don't know. I, but I don't know if that's, if that's anything that could sort of be revived. <laughs> you know, they've tried so many things, right? They try to even have new characters or, you know, change existing characters. Uh, you know, I think when they got to the point now where, you know, they're trying to appeal to, you know, certain parts of the population, like, let's say if we can get, you know, these people interested in comic books, we'll do this, we'll make this character, you know, swing a certain way, or, you know, we'll turn this guy who was traditionally, you know, uh, a white character, we'll make him a black character, you know, not racial aside, but it's just weird that they, this is the type of directions that they're taking versus it's like, well, you know, maybe that the, the heart of it, it's a, it's a dying industry and nothing we do is going to, you know, bring it back, bring back that mystique of Superman where he's permeating every industry. You know, I don't know if that exists anymore, you know, and the shock and all that they try to do to, you know, inject it with new life. It hasn't been working at least. I mean, certainly a, a reader like myself, I used to read voraciously comic books, you know, um, nothing that they've done has gotten me back into it. I enjoy the movies. I'll watch the movies and I'll be like, the comic book is better, but you know, I don't, I don't see myself rushing to the comic shop. The last time I was at a comic shop was to buy uh, Superman in the space age. Thank you. Which I did. Uh, yeah. I got the first two issues. Actually, it's fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you read it or not. But, I read the first yeah, one. I, I still haven't read the second one yet. It's actually really that that Lois Lane, uh, you know, thing that she writes. I was like, wow, this is really well written comic. Um, but see, that's the thing. It's like here's something that's like you know a three part series that you know it's, it's great. Everything about the art's great. The story's great. You know, maybe they waited until they had something that was really wonderful and they put that out. I'd rather that than just you know when you go to the comic sh- book shop and you see like hundred titles and it's like. Who, who has time to keep track of all these titles, you know? You know, when we were at the comic shop, when we were at Alter Realities, it wasn't uncommon for people to come up to the counter with 50, 60 comic books in a week, right? I mean, we had some cu- cu- customers that had stacks, and the first thing you did was, you know, you organized them by price, so you can, or- you know, ring them up quicker. But, I, I mean, are, do you think people are still going to the comic shop reading 50 titles a week? If they are, I mean, they're like know. 40 of them are Batman because that's predominantly what, what DC's putting out. But, you know, look, there, I, I will say from what I've read and, and for, from what I've, I've heard from people who are following it more, more closely and, and more up to date than I am, there, there really is some exciting stuff in the Superman books right now. Uh, Tom Taylor on Nightwing, I, I still haven't read any of it yet, but from what I've read of it and what I've heard, I think has is, is, is really been something special. So... You know, I, I think there's there's good stuff out there. I will say for myself, and I don't know if this is a failing of the publishers or just changing, you know, taste within myself. But I don't really. I used to care about the events and the continuity and and, and mm-hmm. sort of like the big stories. And now it's just, I, I guess I've been through enough of them where you you realize it, like, it doesn't matter really. And and what are the stories that you tend to typically go back to over and over? It's I mean, sometimes, look, you know, I'll be doing a whole run of episodes on the crisis events on digging for kryptonite. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that it's it's not that per se, but, you know, in terms of the ones that are most formative to me and, and that I would keep going back yeah. to, it's typically not that. So, you know, those kinds of stories really don't do much for me anymore. Yeah. How about this? Give me something that's worth reading, right? 
You know, you think about, again, to bring back some literature into this, right? There's certain books that were worth reading. They had something to say, you know, a point, a message. I don't know. You know, I think comic books, you know, it's gotten to the point where some of them are very coherent. Like this Superman Spaces, I feel like, I, you know, I haven't read them all yet, but it has a message. It has something to say, you know, beyond just being, you know, entertainment or like you said, just like, you know, uh, a periodical, right? There's, there's things that you can consume just because, you know, you're like, well, I got an hour. I'm going to read a couple of comic books and you put them aside and you don't think anything of them. But then there's comic books where you, you sit and reflect, like something like Kingdom Come. Or something, you know, some of these bigger, like Crisis was something that, at least when I was a kid growing up, at least it was something beyond just like, oh, this is a regular comic book where Batman beats up the Joker in an alley, you know? It had a message, it had something to say. And I, I think that there are few and far between in the modern comic book world. Whereas I feel like if you step back and you look at the 90s and the 80s, I think there was a lot more of people like Frank Miller and Alan Moore, you know, on the scene that had a message that had something that was beyond you know, just, you know, a story and they use comic books as the medium to bring that forward, you know? And I feel like, I don't know, maybe that's my, you know, uh, I say that because I don't really consume comic books as much as I, uh, I used to. Um, but you know, I haven't heard at least of any, anything recently that it's worth, you know, checking out, I hate to say, but I'm sure there is stuff out there. There, yeah, there is, but I mean, maybe there's more to wade through to get to that. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, when they announced space age, when I read the description and I saw those few pages, I just, it was one of those things like you got the sense, oh, this is, like you said, this has something to say. This is special. This is something yeah. that I'm probably going to want to have on my bookshelf, right? For years to come. You just, you, yeah. you have that sense. And obviously not everything can be that, but you, you, maybe you want for more to be like that. And kind of bringing this full circle to, to Paul and Spider's Web, you know, something that he, that was big with him and he talked about it on his episodes and it was in the movie, I believe. And he even talked about this in one of, there was some local press when Spider's Web closed and he brought it up there too about Marvel in particular and, and his, his gripe about the, the comics sort of trying to mirror the movies mm-hmm. and sort of failing in bringing in new people and also failing in keeping the attention of the, the, you know, the, the older fans. So I, I know that was something that was a, was a big, uh, was, it was a big issue uh, from his perspective. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the question for the ages, I guess. We'll see, you know, five years, maybe we'll have a, you know, an episode where the future is bright. You know, I would like there to be, you know, a, you know, a bright future for comic books, but I don't know. I feel like it's going to need to change. I don't know. Maybe that's my curmudgeonly old man kind of perspective at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, no, it's, it's, it's all good. Well, you know, when you, you were, know? when you were, when you said you want to talk about the future, I thought you were going in a different direction. Oh, what direction? I opening thought, up a comic book shop in New York? Not opening up alternate a, realities. Well, there's a vacuum uh, on the on the Westchester so comic really shop scene. Just, it's really just Mark, then, huh? Yeah, Oh, yeah, and Harrison. Wow, that's amazing. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. when I was young, growing up, there was a lot of shops, or at least more shops. There were certainly Dragon's Den. There was the One Off by Cards on Central Avenue. They just celebrated their thirtieth anniversary. Did they really? So Good now they're them. called American Legends. Uh, you know, I had them okay. on when I did that that season five, but they just celebrated thirty years. I, my family and I went there. We stopped by, okay, uh, which was very Mark nice. Mark and Donna still own the shop. Mark and Donna still own it. I we That's great. they were doing raffle tickets and we filled one out, and then a couple days later, Donna called and she's like, "You want a box of hockey cards?" And I said, "That's so nice." I said, "I don't want this to seem like I don't appreciate it. I do." I said, "But 
this would just be lost on me. I said, please, you know, go to the next person and give it to someone who would enjoy it. But yeah, I'm so happy for, so that's a happy update. They're still there. They just had this milestone anniversary, but yeah, you used to have that and the two dragons, Den locations. I mean, it was just, it was comics heaven in, in white plains, right? Yeah. It was Heroes world, which you've talked to about a couple of times. There was a lot of comic comic shops, but now it's, it's surprising that there's, we're down to one. Not only is hero, I mean, obviously heroes world had been long, long gone, but even the Galleria now has closed the mall itself. Oh yeah. That was, that's, that was a long time coming. I was actually surprised it was still open. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't disagree, but it was still, you know, I saw that headline. I was yeah. like, oh man. So wanted to take a minute here to shout out my buddy, Ralph Puma, whose music you heard at the beginning of this episode. And you'll hear it again at the end. That song is called Composure. I love it. It's one of Ralph's new songs. I think it lent itself beautifully to this episode. Ralph has been exceedingly generous with me over the years, allowing me to use his music in my various uh, documentary and podcast projects. And you've heard me mention him on the show before many times. He was a guest a while back as well. And I am eternally grateful for Ralph allowing me to use his music. Uh, Perhaps most notably, his song Evil Deaded is the music at the end of the closing montage of my comic shop documentary. And then he also did a special acoustic version that played at a key point in my comic shop country. So if if these projects have any sort of theme song, I think it's Evil Deaded by Ralph Puma. So again, the song you heard in this episode is Composure. He also has a new song coming out called So It Goes that you will be able to check out beginning on February 10th on all streaming music platforms. So I wanted to give props to Ralph and thank him so much for his support over the years and share a little bit more with you now about about his style and and everything that's going on. So here we go. Ralph Puma is an artist blending occult practice and punk influence to create emotive, intention-driven songs. His pop, punk, emo, and dark cabaret sounds have earned him a reputation as a unique voice in the industry. His latest single, So It Goes, features John Black and Tim Robbins and deals with themes of separation and grief. Ralph's past experiences touring the U.S. and living in Nashville and New York have honed his musicianship and style. He has played in several notable bands, and his music has been featured in various media. Ralph is currently working on multiple collaborative projects, with each song being a petition guided by intention for those navigating grief, hope, and revenge. Ralph continues to embark on an experimental expedition of sound. I mean, what more could you want? I've actually gotten a sneak peek at the music video for So It Goes. It's really cool. The song is beautiful. And... I've, I've been getting some some sneak peeks at, at Ralph's other music coming up, and uh, it, it's really tremendous. I'm so happy that he's back cutting new music, remastering his old music. It's really fantastic. So once again, thank you to Ralph. And to the audience, please go check out Ralph Puma on all streaming music platforms. Oh yeah, comics celebrates and promotes everything that is wonderful about comics, toys, artwork, and the joy they bring to people. Visit them in person at one of their three locations, Harrison, New York, which happens to be my local comic shop, Skokie, Illinois, or Muncie, Indiana. If you have children and have been looking for a family-friendly store, look no further. Join All Yeah for exciting events, including creator signings, how-tos, and more. Visit awyeahcomics.com and follow All Yeah on social media for more. Their name says exactly how they feel about it. Say it with me. Aw yeah! Acme Comics is a locally owned and operated full-service comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina for people of all ages and walks of life. Now in its 40th year, this multiple-time Eisner Award nominee features a significant contemporary and vintage back-issue selection. 
as the ACME team uses their collective knowledge and resources to connect you with the best material. Mail order subscriptions to new releases are available, and all offerings are available anywhere via mail order. Follow ACME on social media and eBay, listen to the ACME cast on all podcast services, and visit acmecomics.com for much more. But what I thought you were going to say, not opening a shop, but you and our mutual friend, Rich Friendship and Fun Roni, cooked up this plan for, well, I may let you say it. Yeah. This might be something that so, we talk about over these coming episodes. All right, cool. So so to preface this, so we have an Alternate Realities Facebook page um, that's kind of like the inner circle and, and a couple of you know f- friends of the store. And I made a post the other day, and it was after a conversation I had with Rich. And one of the things that um, I find frustrating when I come home is that, you know, the community it once had was that you can always expect on a Saturday night to go out to dinner with a dozen, two dozen people. And it was like the most beautiful thing about the store was this, this Saturday dinner. And Anthony, you covered it in your documentary and we've talked about it in the podcast. Um, and it was really something special and, and trying to recapture that has been difficult. And, you know, I live in New Mexico. I come home very infrequently and whenever I do, a lot of you guys are very gracious and we get together, um, but it's never the same gigantic crew. And so I was talking to Rich. We were talking about, you know, what are the frustrations? Like Nick Robeson had just posted, hey, he's like, hey, I'm going to be in town. And I don't think anybody really responded to him. And I think I was saying to Rich, you know, one of the things is that everybody has their own lives. And, you know, here, me in New Mexico, every weekend I have something to do with Logan. You have family stuff. And I know you guys as well. There's so many obligations that have taken hold of our lives. I mean, back when the store was the store, I mean, we all were kids, right? And we had very few responsibilities other than, you know, going home at the end of the night. I don't know, you know? And so I said, well, what, the only way to reproduce that was to get everybody out of their normal situation. You got to take everybody out of New York or out of their day-to-day routine, bring them somewhere else, and then maybe we can recapture something where we're all together uh, as you know, the the friendship and fun will will be revitalized. And so the thought was to make a destination, uh, a comic book convention, as a destination where we all would pick a show, agree to go, and then spend the entire weekend together. And I, I don't know. I think that there could be some legs to this idea. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I know you you said something very quickly to me um, online, but I, I I think this could work. Well, you know? let me ask first. Did you get so Zach Walliner commented? I commented, right. did you, have you heard from anyone else? Nobody else. Oh, Metalhead. Metalhead is down. Okay. And so, which is exciting because I didn't think he would actually, he, he texted me. Um, so one of the things is, is the cost, right? So the inherent cost. When we were living at home with our parents, going out to dinner on a Saturday night was fine. Now I'm talking about, you know, going to a new city. This is involving plane tickets and hotels and convention costs. And so Zach uh, Walner had said, well, you know, maybe we could pick something closer to New York. And then Anthony, you chimed in and said, well, the, uh, I forgot what it's called, Trificon? Trificon, yeah, Mohegan Sun. And I think that's a great idea, you know? You know, I'll fly in. If you guys are willing to drive up, I think we could spend the night. You know, I think it'll be a lot of fun to get the whole crew together as a bunch of us together. And we could forget about our lives just like we used to do when we walked in the comic shop, or at least I did. You know, forget about your stresses and everything else and just, you know, we're back together as the AR crew. Uh, my reaction when I saw that, I said, that's beautiful. I said, that's a lovely idea. It would be a lot of fun. And the first thing I said was, I'm, I, you know, I'm happy to help and I'm on board. Yeah. The pessimistic slash realistic side of me, my, the gut reaction was 
from my experience in, in, and it's been a while, but my experience from just trying to organize dinners, yeah. it's hard enough getting our group to say, yes, put me down for the reservation, let alone trying to get people yeah. to, to book that level of travel. So, I I, so it, could it be was an uphill just, battle. So it was just born out of that. It's just like, yeah, this would be great if everyone was on board, but it's just, again, it's hard enough getting a definitive headcount for, for dinner. So, so, so that's why I think, and again, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to, uh, it's just a suggestion. I'm not trying to impose this. If everyone's, if everyone's like, Hey, let's go to C2E2 in Chicago. Great. But I feel like with, with Connecticut, that's actually what Rich, uh, has suggested. Yeah. And it's a great show. Well, with, with the Connecticut thing there, it's doable as, as a day trip. If someone was really like, I don't have the time or the budget to stay overnight, you really could, you could do it as yeah. a day trip. I think most people would do an overnight, but there's still no, no travel involved, but it preserves what I think was the, the heart of your idea and a, a great idea, which is eliminating the distractions. Right. And it's, it's really just like putting us all in, in a, in a, in a, in a specific place where yeah. the only real thing that we have to do is just hang out. And I, I love right. that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could work. Let's try it. Let's try Trificon and see what happens. Even if it's just a small group of us, I think we can still uh, start something. And we can see what happens in the future if we want to continue doing it. Um, so this begs the question, Anthony. Yeah. What happened to the community? I'm in New Mexico. I have a, a pass. You tell me. So at the end of the documentary, I think there was discussion uh, about the community staying alive. And so what do you, what do you think has happened? I think, and and this gets at the heart of you know, the sort of the theme of of what all of this has been about, and, and I think certainly these last episodes, like what what became of our community. Yeah, I think that first, this is not what you asked, but I, I did just want to say that in in just thinking about the store itself, one thing that I've really been actively trying to do because I do think about the store a lot, and a lot of times the instinct is to is to be sad that it's gone, and I really have been trying to to try to practice gratitude that it was there at all, <laughs> yeah. not sadness that it's gone. And I, I really have tried to be mindful of that. But as far as the the community and the friendships, I think that on an individual level, I think that they're there. I mean, I think that certain pairs of people or small groups still, still connect. 100%. Totally. I agree. But this larger sense of community and the gather, I mean, unless it's happened and I've not been invited, like there has been no large gathering the yeah. last time that there was sort of a large assembling was not this past summer but the one before i organized the thing at shake shack in hartsdale on central avenue and a bunch of people came to that um I, i'll sh- i'll say this and you know i don't want this to sound like sour grapes or anything like that but it's much my kind of my take my feelings on this so when i did that longer halloween run of episodes it, you know each episode was tied to a holiday and i brought on an ar alum and we talked, caught up, you know, we caught up and we talked about our friendship, like, and that was, yeah. that was kind of, it was cool, like talking yeah. about the friendship that I had with each of those people who came on. And I, I definitely, my hope at the outset of that was, hey, maybe this will open the doors to more regular yeah. communication. Yeah. And I can tell you now that the people who I talked to on a regular basis before those episodes are still the same people I talk to on a regular basis. <laughs> and the yeah. people who I really didn't have contact with on a regular basis, it, it's still the same case. And I'm not putting that on 
any of them because it goes both, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. But I think there definitely was this hope that like, hey, this, you know, this will kind of, will kind of open the door and it didn't. And as far as, well, why, maybe why isn't there more communication or, or and why isn't there any kind of gathering? As you, you alluded to a little while ago, and as we've talked about, the store was always that vehicle. It didn't require commitment. And it didn't require planning or organization. It was just this built-in, hey, you knew if you wanted to go to dinner, you showed up at the store and we would go off. So now there's an affirmative step that needs to be taken. Somebody has to take the reins and organize. And then there needs to be a response. So it goes both ways. Yeah, far enough ahead too. I mean, I'm sure you're organizing weeks ahead of time, right? Yeah. The Shake Shack thing was probably a couple of weeks at lead time. Right. And so I guess... To be honest, if there is any level of frustration on my part that comes in a little bit, is as far back as I can remember, and now I'm probably again a, a decade or, or more. I mean, certainly since the store is closed and, and planning has been required, but even before the store closed, if it was an occasion or something that really required a headcount, in in to my knowledge, it's it's typically historically been myself, Rich, or Mike saying Gregorio. It's usually been one of the three of us who has sent out that email of like, hey, let's yep. all get together. And, you know, Mike never seems too bothered by having to follow up and wrangle people. It, it always kind of annoyed me a little bit that either some people wouldn't respond or it was like, oh, I'll try to come. It's like, nope, I need to know because yes. I need a head Or do not. <laughs> uh, and I think, I don't want to speak for Rich, but I, I think he sh- shares that sentiment as well, where it's, it's kind of tough when you're trying to get a response. So, uh, you know, that's probably part of the reason why, because anyone listening like, well, Anthony, why don't you just like send out an email, get people together? Part of it is that it's like it's work. And you've tried, and you've tried, and it's like I've got. I, I know. I always used to think this was such a douchey uh, thing when people are like, "Oh, I don't have the bandwidth for this." But it's like you know what? I I really like I don't right now at, at this point mm-hmm. in time with everything that I've got going on, and so uh, you know the idea of trying to find something that's going to work for everyone and then following up with people, and then there's also again I'm just speaking my truth. There's this part of me that it's like, well, why why does it have to be me? Like. I won't name any one person, but it's like, why can't so-and-so who's never sent out any, like, can someone else ever say like, hey, we should all get together? That's why, like, I loved the idea that you and Rich came up with and you putting that out there. But like, I'm frustrated on your behalf that so few people even (laughs) responded. And I've yet to feel the frustration because I've never had to do this before, (laughs) right? So now I'm going to try and we'll see what happens. And I feel like if we picked, the reason we picked the summer was so that everybody just says, fine, I'll do it. And it's like some date that's so far in the future that, you know, you have to commit and then you make sure that you don't book anything around that. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think I'm, I said to Rich, I said, I'm definitely going to go. I haven't been to a comic book convention in God knows how long. I feel like if we pick Terrificon now, at least I'll go, Rich will go, and you probably will, you know, you guys will probably come up from New York. So it'll be fine. You know, and if it's just the core bunch of guys, that's fine. Um, but it would be fun to see if everybody would just, you know, impromptu just show up. I think but we'll see. I think we should at least try. I think we should at least try. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm committed enough to try, and I'm going to try to organize it as best I can. Uh, maybe I'll pull a little bit from Mike San Gregorio and try not to, to get some of your frustrations uh, cloud my judgment. But I feel like I, I will be frustrated a lot along the way. But, you I know, mean, again, if, if the, the, the idea is to be fun, right? So if it's not going to be fun, then, you know, I, I'm going to still have fun. You know what? I'll, I'll offer this. If oh, first of all, I'm happy to help however I can. But I think, you know, it's the sort of thing. Once you have, even if it's just me and Rich and, and Metal too. Yeah. If we're like, if you know you have at least a couple of people who are going, you don't really 
need a head count, right? It's like, hey, yeah. if you're coming, get your ticket and book a room. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, don't stay over, <laughs> yeah. right? So, you know, I, so maybe that wouldn't be too frustrating. But, but yeah, you know, for, for people out there who are wondering, like, yeah, like, do they still get together and stuff? No. Now, look, yeah, of course, we had the pandemic and that curtailed any, yeah. get to, any get togethers for a long time. At this point, I don't know how much of a roadblock that is. I really think it's, I really think it's that there is a level of, again, planning, organization, affirmative right. steps that have to be taken. And I, for myself, why have I not done it recently or done it more? Again, it is sort of the frustration of trying to wrangle everyone. Why, why haven't other people done it? I don't know. Well, Anthony, to speak towards you as a person and what you've done, um, you've done more for this community than anybody uh, over the last seven years, right? The store closed, and you are single-handedly keeping it alive, right? I mean, for lack of a better word, there's nobody out there other than you doing this. I mean, it's an incredible, and I and I love you for it. Um, you know, from the documentaries to the podcast to everything, just having us come on a podcast, you know, one by one, just to, you know, catch up with us. I mean, this is, this speaks volumes of you, your love of the store, the community, wanting to keep it alive. I mean, it goes beyond just having, you know, fans on the podcast who might listen to us talk. I don't know who really finds this interesting, but I love it. You know, the fact that we're still doing it. And again, you're, you're keeping it alive. Um, and you have always been this whole time. No, well, I, I, I appreciate that. And, and I, well, I mean, since you said it, let me. Uh, I, I there is there is sort of this other feeling too, where everything I said before holds, where it's a two way street and everything. But yeah, I mean, I guess if I'm being absolutely honest, there was that feeling. I I do. There is a little bit of that feeling of like, hey, by my inviting these people on the podcast, <laughs> that that is you know that is my way of opening the door. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, it, not much really came of it. I mean, I. Again, I, 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 we all talk to Rich the most. He's, the, you know, yep. he far and away, he, you know, he has these, Rich. those weekly calls that, that a number of us get and they're wonderful. And, and you and I, I would say, are in our fairly regular contact. Steve, we, we don't talk, we don't actually talk much, but we will exchange texts from time to time. And I, he posts so much on Facebook that I always feel like Absolutely. I, I talk to him yeah. more than I actually do. But I, I mean, you three, I, I really definitely look at as, as, the, as the three I am in the most contact with. On a positive note, I will say this, that I, I do genuinely feel like all of us, you know, will still be still be in our, each other's lives to some degree or another. And I know oh. that, yeah. I, I know two things. I know that one, if I ever needed anything, like I know if I ever needed to call up Drew Cheskin and say, hey, I'm in a jam, like, can you, I know he would be there. Like, and that means right. the world to me. And I also know that Anytime that we do get together, as infrequently as it might be, I know it's yeah. fun. I know we'll pick up where we left off. And there's a tremendous amount of value to that, too. So I, I don't want any oh, yeah. of what's been said before to really, again, sound like sour grapes or anything. But No, it doesn't. But yeah, but you've been championing it, you know, trying your best. And so, you know, when, when you're saying that, uh, you know, you wish somebody else would pick, you know, pick up the reins, I, I, you know, I understand. And so here's me trying to pick up the reins a little bit. And I live in New Mexico, so it's a little harder to get the monthly gatherings or yearly gatherings. But I feel like, you know, maybe we could do a comic book convention gathering and it would be fun. No, I love we'll that. See. I love that. And, you know, that's something we can talk about over upcoming episodes and, and yeah. you know, talk about the planning. And then hopefully it happens. I mean, look, I'm, I'm on board. If not, well, you and I will go if nothing else. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, it'll be a bunch of guys. It'll, be, it'll still be a lot of fun. And anybody else who wants to come, any of your listeners who want to come and meet the crew, <laughs> they could. I know. 
I know. Maybe we could do a, we could get a panel or we could do something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I and again, I, I don't, not, not to, not to be negative or harp on this, but I, I guess, I mean, we're here, we're talking about it. Again, I shared why I you know, haven't haven't tried to organize something in a while. You, of course, are away, and now you are trying to organize this this destination thing. Do you like? Do you feel any sort of way that others haven't tried to initiate a larger gathering? Or and again, look, we, we're all of course we're mindful. Everyone's got their own thing going on. Do you just chalk it up to that? And you're like, hey, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's certainly that, uh, but it's also the fact that you know we had. Like you said, it was it was already built in. There was never anybody organizing a dinner. It was just always happening, right? So you never need to have anybody. But I feel like it would go a long way if uh, old man Odo would step up to the plate here, right? I feel like he would be, since he was the one who brought us all together, you know, if he wanted to continue the community, he can he wields a lot of power, right? I think he would have a lot of people who would jump at the chance to hang out with him again. But he's, he's sort of become a recluse at the moment. And so maybe I'm hoping to get him out of the shell too. I haven't heard from him, nor do I think I will. I don't know. Maybe Rich will probably talk to him about it. I think Steve would probably come. But, you know, he certainly doesn't organize anything, right? As far as I know. No. No, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you would think he would be the one too, you know? But I don't know. I like, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I totally agree that people would. Oh, I would hope people you, would he did, respond. He didn't begrudgingly go to dinner with us on a Saturday. I mean, he was an active participant. He always was there. Very few instances I can remember him not going. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised he's never taken the reins. Well, it's funny because I, I definitely remember being at the store and him telling me, hey, you know, if you want to come to dinner and Rich is coming in town. And he would do that with a lot yeah. of people, right? Yeah. But, oh, yeah, it's true. But yeah. I think, I don't know. It's weird. It's just, the, I think the difference between, how how do I put this? I feel like... In those instances when he was at the store, right, and and when the regulars and the friends of the store were there and he was saying, Hey, are you gonna be around Saturday? Rich Roney's coming in. Yeah. I don't I don't think he looked at that as I'm organizing a dinner. Even yeah, though he was. effective it, it, like yeah. he was, but I don't think he would have I don't even now if you were like, Hey, remember you organized those dinners, you'd be like, Wow, what are you talking about? And so I so I feel like now the idea of sending out a mass email to twenty yeah. people and saying, I'm gonna pick a place and we're like I, I just I don't think that computes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, if I if I was just, you know, a random customer at a store and I had the owner say, hey, you want to come to dinner? That's like a great invitation. Like if, you know, any of the stores over here, I would jump at the chance. And I think that you're right. He was organizing more than he really thought probably. Yeah. I know. But no, I, I mean, I think that would, I think the, the convention thing would be a lot of fun, you know, to spend the weekend up there uh, at, at Mohegan sun. And so I've never been, you guys have gone to that show a few times, right? I think drew goes yearly because Ron Lim goes, uh, I've never been, but those, the other oh, guys have, been. they've okay. spoken highly of it. I've actually never gone. Yeah. So it'd be a first for me, but, uh, yeah, we could check out what the, uh, what the dining options are and make some, uh, make some res- that we wouldn't need a head count for. <laughs> well, we could figure it out. That'll be a lot of fun to plan. I, I'd be happy to plan that kind of stuff, but yeah, we'll see over the, over, over the coming month or so. I'll see if I can get some more interest. I'll flesh it out a little bit more and maybe I'll, I'll send another email out. And, and, and you know what? I think that, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to head off any frustration. I, I really am looking at it from the perspective of uh, honestly, even if it were you and me and rich and, and even if that were it, it we would have yeah. a great time. So I'm looking at it from that perspective right. and it's like, look, you create the opportunity, you extend the invitation 
You can right. only control your own actions. So if there are people yeah. who, and look, there may very well be people who just can't come and they might really want to. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And there might be others who, you know, it's it, for whatever reason, it's that, you know, they're, they're not going to do that. But that's fine. You know, it, it is what it is. But uh, wh- whoever's there will we'll have a good time. I think it's fun. Maybe I can maybe I can pull it from uh, Steve Odo's playbook, and I can get like special guests. Like I'll call up uh, I don't know Doug Dosher and get Doug Dosher to commit, and I can send out an email. Well, Doug's coming, guys. <laughs> you know who knows? I know that might just be the way to do it. I mean, I, I might do that. We'll see. I would like to see everybody. You know, I haven't seen anybody in years. I feel like the pandemic was definitely uh, made things worse. Um, and not better because I was coming in at least once, sometimes up to twice a year, and getting to see a lot of the crew, which was good to see, good good. Um, you know, but in the last few years, I've seen so few people um, in person. I haven't done a lot of traveling, uh, so I want to change that this year. I, I know. Hopefully, you guys are ready to come out of your shell too. I know the pandemic is still in full swing, um, and so I'm hoping that it's going to be a little bit better. I mean, I'll, I'll listen. I'm going to wear wear a mask on the way here. I'll wear a mask at the convention. I don't care. If, I, if that means I get to see you guys and hug you guys, I'll put on a mask. I'll put on a, I don't know, gas mask if I had to, you know? <laughs> this episode made possible in part by educator, hobby comic book collector, and pop culture enthusiast, Sam Lim. Sam just moved to the South Jersey area and is looking to connect with other comics fans as well as retailers. They are also looking for comic shops to explore, so recommendations are welcome. Be sure to follow Sam on Instagram at S-Z-L Comics. Filmmakers and movie fans alike should be sure to attend these film festivals. Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On to Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In the Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. On a personal note, my short film, By Spoon, The J. Mizell Story, played at these fests, so I know firsthand what fun and well-run events they are. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Follow the festivals on social media for news about events, discounts, tickets, and more. Also, listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts, available via a shared universe network. Thank you to all members of my Patreon community for supporting this podcast. If you like what you hear and are not a member yet, please consider signing up today at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato. We offer a variety of monthly reward tiers, and discounted annual memberships are available too. Beginning at the $1 level, you can listen to Digging for Justice, my exclusive DC Movie Rewatch podcast. Click the link in the show notes for more. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast goes a long way and only takes a second. You're also welcome to join the conversation on social media via the links in the show notes. Last but not least, we are an affiliate of BCW Supplies, so the next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more, be sure to use promo code FSP to save 10% on your order. That's FSP for Flat Squirrel Productions. It helps support the show, too. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, we were talking off mic. I had uh, Rich Roney here in person at Flat Squirrel Studios over the weekend, and we recorded a couple episodes of my George Reeves Adventures of Superman rewatch podcast that'll be coming out over the coming weeks. And that's, great. and that's the first in-person recording that I've done since the pandemic started. I mean, okay. in large part because of the pandemic, but also you know, I have connected now with so many people in other parts of the country and the world. So there are a lot yeah. of people it just wouldn't be feasible to do a, a, sure. an in-person recording with. But it was really, uh, it, it was cool to hang out with. We went out for dinner after. Like, it was great to 
yeah, to hang out like and, and just to have the the back and forth and, and have those conversations. That yeah, was a lot of fun. And and let me ask you a serious question. How is your hand from the handshake? Is it still as strong? I, yeah, because that was the question that we had, right? Coming out of the pandemic, would 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 it have sort of atrophied and 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 have been a weaker handshake, or would he've had so much momentum built up? I think I feel like he's just sort of calibrated. I, he's just he's yeah. even. It His felt handshake like, was always the strongest handshake I've ever experienced. Yeah, if you if you have not braced yourself for it, like you really have to, you have <laughs> to get ready. Over. <laughs> I've always, I've always maintained, I know I've said this a million, this is why we're ending the podcast. Cause how many freaking times can I say this? But it's the, it's the momentum. It, that's the thing. If he, it's not just that he has a big hand and he squeezes, it's that the arm swings out and down and yeah. there's force behind it. That's, I think what really 100%. adds to it. Yeah. So, but it, it, it was fun, but yeah, no, I mean, it'd be great to see everybody. I mean, I, yeah. You know, I wish Brian O'Day a happy birthday via text, uh, you know, in, in January, but I mean, I haven't seen or talked to him otherwise in, in forever. Uh, Roby got engaged, you know, I like, know good for, I'm so happy for him. Yeah. So, but again, you know, and, and I wish him happy, you know, I wish I congratulate him over Facebook, but you know, we, we, we haven't spoken. Uh, so yeah, I mean the, the, the more guys we can get together for this, uh, but you know what now too, I guess I'll sort of argue against myself and this sort of supports what I was saying about always being in each other's lives. Pete Dwyer was. Uh, on a trip recently and he came across something Superman related. He took a picture, he sent it to me. Uh, okay. Metalhead was cleaning out his basement and he messaged me. He's like, Hey, I've got the Superman stuff. Do you want it? So again, that's, that's the great. thing. Even when there's not the regular contact, like I said, we we're in yeah. each other's lives and, and that the, the door is always open and that's, that's a beautiful right. thing. Yeah. Like I, you know, I love that idea that, you know, we could pick up the second, you know, we, we left off, um, you know, and regards to Drew, you know, Drew's my best friend and I don't talk to him nearly as much as I need to where I should. Um, but you know, the other day I really needed to talk to Drew and I called him up, you know, we hadn't talked in God knows how long and we didn't even go with the pleasantries. We just went into what I needed to talk about cause I needed his advice on a couple of things. And he's, he's always there for me, you know, and he, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the best guys, all you guys. I mean, really, you guys are my best friends. Um, and it's hard being so far away. No, I know. I know. Um, you know, I was thinking about, of course, you know, the closing of the store and that last dinner, the last big dinner that we had, the last supper, as, as we call it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I'm always grateful that Steve gave us a finale, right? Yeah. Because, like we said, there, there, you see so many other scenarios where he could have, look, like with Paul, for example, I don't know, I don't know how far in advance his community knew. But as far as what yeah. was publicized, it was literally like, I'm closing at the end of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, certainly other stores that before, like experienced true catastrophes, like a flood or a fire or something like that. Right. So, and, and then sort of the the other option that you and I have talked about before, where if Steve had kept going, I, I wouldn't have wanted to see what the store would have been like after after these years, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, you know, he gave us the opportunity to really come to terms with the store closing and, and just with what it meant to all of us. And that truly was a gift. And I feel like we recognized, we certainly recognized we were saying goodbye to the store. I feel like we all, except for Steve, he, which I chalked it up to his pessimism, but he was right in, in a lot of ways where I think we were all pretty bullish on the idea of like, Hey, we're all still going to hang out all the time. Yep. And we kept it going for a decent bit, <laughs> but I, I guess I feel like I, I wish when we had that last supper, I had 
looked at it more as an opportunity to sort of not not say a final farewell to everyone, but to really more acknowledge the fact of like, probably not going to see you. And because there are, I mean, there are people who are there who I've not seen since. Oh, I'm sure. But you know, yeah, I never really thought about it as, uh, as, as him giving us the finale. Um, but you're a hundred percent right. You know, and you know, at that last week when I came into town to close down the shop, you know, people came from out of nowhere, you know, were coming in to help out. And, you know, Steve didn't turn away anybody. We didn't turn it. I mean, it was just random customers helping us, you know, with boxes and painting and taking down the slot wall. I mean, it was the most beautiful thing. And then the last night when we all went out to dinner, there was, I don't even remember how many people were there, but 50 people. I mean, it was a big room that you guys, and you'd set up the dinner. Um, and I remember it was going to be like $20 a person, whatever it was. But then Steve might up fronted it for everybody. I mean, he took care of us at the end. You know, it was a really beautiful moment. He, he, and I I really think that ending, it truly was a gift because, I, again, I, I, I speculate about what it would have been like if he didn't close. And even putting the pandemic aside, just, you know, everything you said is true. Like everyone has their own lives. And I, I don't know, even for myself, like now living in, I don't live five minutes from the store anymore. And, and I have a yep. lot of obligations that it's like, and we, look, we went on a whole thing about the state of the comics industry itself, yeah. right? So I, I, I don't know. Are, are people, if the store were still here, would people be hanging out all the time? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. And then it sort of becomes, talk about things you take for granted. It's like, oh, the store's always there. And maybe the visits get less and less frequent. You sort of take it for granted that it's always there. Whereas instead, you know, again, Steve really gave us that opportunity to reflect and come to terms with the role it played in all of our lives and say goodbye to it. And I think that, look, we always love the store. We always, we would always be thinking and talking about it anyway, but I feel like the ending elevated everything. It amplified everything. Absolutely. And we all needed it a hundred percent. Um, you know, at the time, I don't think any of us were ready to lose it, right? Not only the store, but the community. You know, I talked about in your last documentary about the physical space, right? I mean, none of us really were ready to come to terms with it, but, you know, Steve Elise allowed us all in our individual way to kind of come to terms with it. I mean, I flew from New Mexico there to just, you know, make sure that I played a part, you know, and kind of putting it to rest, you know? Well, as we always joke, the person who, who, Loved the store the most. I was the most heartbroken Killed over it. its closing. Killed it. Also was the one who made it possible because truly had you not, had you not come in and, and facilitated the emptying out of the store, it probably would still be there. A hundred percent. It would have been just uh, one more month, one more month. Yeah. I'll never forget. Like, you know, when I had called him like, you know, a week or two weeks ahead of my visit, he's like, Oh, by the time you get there, all that's going to be left to do is paint. And then I showed up and it's like a fully stocked comic book shop greeted me. It's like, well, nothing is what, like, what have you guys done? And, and I think Rich Roney coined the phrase. It was like, they had taken stuff out, but it was like taking a cup of water out of the ocean. You would never have known. And, um, and as much as we've been talking about sort of the inner circle and the, the degree of, of contact, well, let me just ask, I mean, other than me, Rich, Steve, and I know you said you had a conversation with, with Drew recently, like, have you spoke, do you speak to anyone else on any kind of not, regular not a, basis? Not, not regularly, although Brian called me out of nowhere. Brian O'Day called me out of nowhere, and we had a really nice, like, hour-long conversation, and it was after he had listened to one of my podcast episodes with you, 
<laughs> and it was just really great to talk to him. You know, he had gotten a new job. He's now a manager, I think, at a grocery store. We just talked about what was going on with him. Um, and that was really nice. And it, and it made me think, it's like, I, I need to be just, I need to be the one calling people on the weekends like Rich Roney, you know? Um, but I just haven't made that leap yet. But I, I, I need to, you know? I know. As the elder statesman, maybe I should do it. The next generation. We're getting to be. The next yeah, Rich Roney. I'm the next Rich Roney. The next Rich Roney. <laughs> How does that make me, Sco? Oh, God. <laughs> but again, so, you know, we we're talking about like that inner, the inner circle, but I, I also think too about the customers, just the, yeah. not, not just, not to diminish, but the, 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 the regulars and, and just the people who were there who, who might not have necessarily come out to dinner with us, but we're just the regular faces. And I was, I was scrubbing through uh, my comic shop documentary recently, uh, just feeling nostalgic yeah. and and I was like, you know, seeing these faces, some yeah. a lot of names I don't even remember, but like just seeing all, like these were the regulars, the people who were there all the time. And it's like, I, you know, I wonder what became of them. I think I mentioned this the last time we talked about the store closing. The very last day, like when we shut the door, uh, we went out to dinner. It was like me, Steve, Drew was there. Um, I don't think you were there. Metalhead was there. And Mike Capolino was there, right? And we had Mike Capolino in little hysterics the whole time. And he was just like, I don't know why I didn't go out to dinner with you guys more often, you know? And he was just one of the regular customers, but he was a regular, regular customer, you know? But he had never made that kind of leap to like, you know, uh, hanging out with us on the Saturday night. But, you know, the, the, but he could have, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I always wonder what happened to him and some of the other guys. We had a lot of customers at that shop. Yeah, I ran, in, I ran into... I see, I feel like I told a story on some podcast, but what? Brian, what was you, it? you saw Brian Claudio, right? Yeah, maybe I just told you on the phone. Yeah, we didn't talk about it on a podcast, but yes, yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad to know that he's okay. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about Brian Claudio in like a decade, and then you were like, "Oh, I saw Brian Claudio," and then immediately all these memories of Brian Claudio, immediately, you know, yeah. that I thought of. It was a fall afternoon, and uh, my wife and son and I were having dinner outside of Bear Burger in Hartsdale on Central Avenue. And there's the Best Buy right there. And I see this figure clad in black, head to toe black, at mask as well. And and I I said, that that's gotta be Brian Claudio. <laughs> it's like and, and he grabs his bicycle. I was like, that's definitely Brian yeah, Claudio. Definitely him. And and he started riding his bike. And you know, we were far enough away and he's on his bike in the parking lot. I wasn't I like I was gonna try to flag him down, but he just like we we caught we caught each other's gaze and I like, he recognized me and he came over, yeah. you know, and, uh, and it was great. And it was, it was, it was great to see him, you know, we caught up for a little bit. Uh, he at the time was still shopping at spider's web. He talked about how he hadn't seen or spoken to Steve in a really long time. I think right after the store closed, Brian and, and Steve had this like regular thing. They would, they would grab dinner at like TGI Fridays and white plains. So crazy. And then I think the pandemic kind of put a stop to that and they, they hadn't been in touch in a long time. And he was like, Oh, I'll try to give him a call. And I, I mean, I don't know if he did. I don't know if they connected, but you know, he's like, he's out, you know, he's out like there are people yeah, out there. talked to Brian Claudio in, in several years. Is this an emergency? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. He's probably just as mean to him. There's, there's this guy who, who would always come in and only buy previews. Mm-hmm. It was the only thing he ever bought. And, and he would ride this like little scooter type thing. And I see him in White Plains from time to time. He, we, I don't oh, think yeah. he would even recognize me, and I, I'm, we don't acknowledge each other. But, uh, but I see him around. Uh, I always wondered. I always wondered about that guy, that he only bought 
the catalog of what's coming out. Yeah. He never bought yeah. any of the actual items. So, so was he ordering them elsewhere? And if so, where? Or was it just... I, I just yeah, back I, then, like you couldn't go to Amazon and buy comic books. I wonder where he was getting them. So yeah, it's like, was he ordering through another store? But then why not? Like there was another store yeah, that didn't carry there. previews. Yeah. <laughs> so he had to get it from us. Oh, right? so weird. I don't know. I just always, it always made me laugh. I love the idea that he just wanted to know what was coming out, but he didn't actually want it. He just, mm-hmm. he just wanted to know. That was I just enough. Want to know what, yeah, I just, I just want to make sure that I'm, you know, my decision to not read comic books anymore is founded. <laughs> That's what he's saying to himself. Look at these stupid books. Yeah. Or he just like, he read the solicitation. He's like, oh, it's a great story. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Just as good as reading it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of customers, I, I, you know, I hope they're well. And I, oh man, you know, I guess again, bringing this full circle to the, the closing of Spider's Web, I, I feel so bad for the alternate realities refugees who ended up at Spider's Web. Also, Sean McInerney went there yeah. all the time, right? He still probably does. I haven't talked to Sean in years. I mean, McInerney, Pete Dwyer, uh, other, yeah. another, Jared, he was another customer at the store. He, he was shopping there. Mike Capolino was shopping at Spider's Web. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, so, like, there were a bunch of people who landed there, and now they've yeah. had another shop close on them. Yeah. Um, well, like, one of the things that I remember distinctly about several of the AR crew, when the store ended, they stopped reading comic books. That was the end. That was the a convenient place to offload or off-ramp. I think Brian O'Day might have been one of them. Doug Dosher was one of them. Um, I certainly would have a small little pull list here and there, but not was it a big reader. But, you know, I wonder if these guys now, if it's the end. You don't know. Or that they're going to go to, oh, yeah, I guess. Or maybe convert all to digital. You know? I don't know. It's hard to say. So, this is our For All Seasons event, and this is the winter episode. This is this is also keeping in line with Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb? Yes. Okay, great. I didn't catch that until just now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and if you look at the show art for this run of episodes, the um, we have the AR logo in the O, so it's like a yeah. For All Seasons. Oh, I see. Okay. Like the long R Halloween and our galleries and our last supper and our documentary. Well, you're really milking that. <laughs> as, as long as I can, man. As long as I can, wherever I can. But just on this note of the seasons, uh, and, I, and I don't know if there's anything specific that comes to mind, but I don't know. Winters at alternate realities. Winter time. Is, is there anything that, a certain holidays, I'm like, is there anything that really stands out? So, well, so funny you should say that because, you know, when I was at the store, you know, we didn't do anything special for Christmas, but I know that the next crew, you guys, Christmas was a big thing. I would go into the store and feel left out uh, when I saw everybody's stockings hanging on the wall. I mean, it was a really great thing that you guys did. I mean, Christmas time at Alternate Realities was kind of like a celebration. Um, maybe you could talk about that because, again, we didn't do anything, my crew, but I always remember seeing the stockings every year that you guys put up. That, look, that was Mac and Ernie. Credit, credit to him. He was the one who who put okay. those, who made those and put them up. So that that, and I use that photo every every year around that time on social media because it's it, it's great, and I'm glad we have that picture of it. Yeah. Uh, so that that was very festive. I mean, for me, winter time. That's when I met Rich Roney for the first time. In, really, you know, some winter 2020, 2002, 2001, 2002, I think. So yeah. Uh, I, you know, I still remember it was, you know, I was there, I guess on my break, you know, uh, that, that holiday break. And I was there on that Wednesday breaking down the shipment and Rich came in, which as I came to learn was his tradition yeah. uh, at that time. And that's when I first met Yeah, Rich. we would always do that. You're right. Cause it was Christmas break. Yeah. It was fun that Wednesday. A lot of people would show up. 
Yeah. Mm. And then, yeah, we started doing our, our white collar sales where we would wear our fedoras and our ties and our vests. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah. That's the white collar sale is probably what I, what stands out the most. I I think when I think Uh of winter at alternate realities, but it was just, it was just a fun festive time. I mean, I think certainly again, like we worked it through high school and college. So, you know, you know, you were, you knew you were on break. So that was fun. Yeah. You were there every day. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. During the Christmas holidays, man, I was there daily. You know, I mean, yeah. I wish I could, you know, I, I mean, I certainly didn't, uh, I just wish I was able to relive some of those moments, you know, for sure. I know. Is there, I might've asked you this before, but if there, is there, if you could time travel to one day in alternate realities history, is there, is there any one thing that you're like, that was the day I would go back to that? Well, there's probably days that I would travel to for, for different reasons, um, one of the funniest days that I can remember right offhand when you said that, it's just like, I would love to experience it again. And it was, uh, it was when we had bought the rabbi collection. And I don't know if you know the story. So Steve had bought a collection of comic books, a very impressive comic book collection from a rabbi. And then we were going to go through it. Me and Rich Roney were going to bag and board it and price it and everything. And he winds up selling it to some guy who came into town visiting who was not even like a customer and it was over Thanksgiving. So the guy was just visiting family for Thanksgiving. He bought the whole collection. Uh, and that was like a domino effect of like, you know, Arnie Sawyer coming in all pissed off because he didn't get a shot at buying it. Rich Roney was upset because he wasn't going to come in anymore to look at it. It was just this funny thing. But what transpired was Steve sitting in the back room rubbing his belly because uh, it was so stressing him out that everybody was upset at <laughs> It's a really cruel thing that I would want to go revisit that. But... <laughs> I was like the only one in the store at the time. And it was really funny. Uh, that is hilarious. <laughs> he was like rubbing his belly and he had like, you know, his, his, oh my gosh, it was funny. Yep. Anyway, I had to deal with that guy. Um, but there were so many moments. I mean, I, I, I can't even think of one moment. Um, I mean, they were, they were all great from like, you know, just, you know, I, I, Anthony, I can't pick a day. Every day was was the best day. Look, it's like in the in the office when the the Dunder Mifflin, the Scranton branch is going to close, and Michael and Dwight go to the C, CFO's house to try to stop it, and they're in the car, and, uh-huh. and Dwight's like, uh, you know, what's your your favorite favorite moment from from the office? And Michael's just like, I, all of them, I love them all. Yeah. Dwight's like, even the moment when Jan said the branch was closing. <laughs> <laughs> so they were all they were all great, except maybe <laughs> except some of them. But I'll tell you, Anthony, they were all great. And it was also great when I heard the store was closing. You know, even it, it really was because we talked about it before. That store needed to go. Yeah, it was time. Now look, it, it was you know that place was so formative, and I, I've you know I, I'm sure I've said a version of this before, but well, look, you and I both went to Fordham at, at different times, and we commuted, and I, you know I, I don't I don't know how involved you were there. I was not particularly involved. Like I went down, I did my classes. Like I had friends in my yeah. classes, but I I think you know for a lot of people, you know, there there are some really key defining friendships that they make in college, right? Yeah. And a lot of them that continue through adulthood or or even if they don't, but some real real friendships they can point to. For me, the formative friendships that I made during college were at the comic shop. So that's kind of the like not the purpose, but like that's the role that the store really, 
you know, um, fulfilled for me. And it, it really forged me as a, as a person in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I would go to my classes. There were days or nights that I would study, but all other times I was at the comic shop after class, before class, you know, I was always there. That was the place I wanted to be. That's where my family was. Yeah. Anyway, as far as uh, other winter memories, yeah, those are, I mean, really doing those white collar sales, that was a blast. Yeah. I, I, I look back on that and I was like, as silly as it was, it, I don't know if it, people seemed to like it and made an impression. We, it, we had fun. So, mm-hmm. so that was a blast. I always remember there was one Christmas day, I think I was in high school and I knew Steve was going to be at the store. Like he was opening for a few hours and there was yeah. an issue of wizard that I wanted. Uh, it was like Michael Turner, Supergirl on the cover. And I, I don't know why I didn't get it. Cause I thought I was getting wizard <laughs> regularly, but for whatever reason, like I didn't get that issue. And I remember it was Christmas morning and yeah. I was like, ah, you know, I think I'll come get it. Maybe I just wanted to see Steve. Maybe that was really, you know, maybe that was, it. Yeah. but I remember going, he was just there by himself and I got my wizard, but, uh, yeah, but that's like, that's the thing that was, that was the default place to go always. A hundred percent, you know, um, you're out, you got to take a leak, distance. you go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, it's a good place to go. Because um, you never know who's going to be there, you know, you might run into. Uh, I never had visited the shop on Christmas Day, but me, Prem, and uh, Steve went there on Thanksgiving once. So before, like, any of us had, like, Thanksgiving dinners. And we, like, spent most of the morning together at the comic shop. And I think we even had Burger King or something, surprisingly, on Thanksgiving. But, you know. That was that was not uncommon. Well, listen, is there anything else that you want to say or you want to talk about before we sign off for winter? Oh, man, is that, that time already? It's been right. an hour and a half. So, so Anthony, so thank you again for certainly keeping the store, the memory of the store, the community alive, certainly all these years, right? Um, and also recognizing that it's time to shut the door, right? This podcast, like you said, is the final farewell. And I believe it this time. I really do. Um, so, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on and, and be a guest and, and have closure again. You know, maybe this is time for all of us to move on. Um, I think that we all keep alternate realities very closely guarded in our hearts. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, these friendships will continue. But, you know, I think that just like Steve gave us all a chance to say goodbye, uh, you're giving me uh, and Rich and Steve uh, a chance to say goodbye on the podcast. And, you know, I've enjoyed being a member of, of you know, reminiscing about the show for the store for years uh, through you. So, you know, thank you for all of the, that. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, you're one of my best friends and I so value your friendship and, and, and you coming on here. It's always a great, always a great time. And, and on the other shows as well. I, and and I, I say this partially to plug, but also just for anyone who's like, Hey, like I want to hear more of the alternate realities gang. I've had a number of people yeah. on digging for kryptonite and another exciting I've episode. I've the bat cave with you. That's right. We did a whole thing on long Halloween. So, <laughs> Again, if you if you miss some of the crew, they they are popping up on the other shows. So I hope you will you will check that out. But it's always a pleasure. Again, this is not your final appearance. You will return right. for the series finale, one way or the other. Whether you're here in person or we, I'm we zoom in. you in. If you're right. gonna do it, if you're gonna do it in person, I will be here. Well, you just got to tell me when. Well, you know what? This is more. You can't for- do it over the summer. Don't do it. Why? All right, you could do it. Well. This is more a conversation for off mic. I know because you know my instinct is well. If you're here for the Terrificon, like we I'll do fly it, in. we do I'll it fly then. In another time. But I know I don't want to be you know. To your point, this whole thing about no distractions, right? So yeah. it's not about recording. It's just about hanging yeah. out. All right. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'll, like I said, I'll make a special trip. I would love to do it. Um, you know, I already asked Rich if I could stay with him that week because I already told, we already talked about this. And so I'm going to stay with Rich. Uh, wherever at the Seven Eleven he lives in, I don't know wherever, and uh, we'll come in and drive to you. Wait, you asked Rich if you could stay at his place, and he agreed. Yeah, he, he wasn't like jumping up and down, agreed, but <laughs> he, he, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of voluntold him that I was sleeping on his couch. <laughs> Look, who else am I going to go? You have, you know, you know, you have Steph. You got the baby. Steve's got, you know, his wife. Um, you know, I think that the only option is my other single friend, <laughs> you know, you got to keep me posted. Also, what? Uh, absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, he's the only option. He knows that too. He's going to, he's going to book a room and pay for it for you. Just you. Why he's going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> as it gets closer. So you, by the way, you're staying at the Marriott. I'll come and get you. <laughs> Uh, y'all, we know what went one last winter thing. It's the thing we never did that I wish we did of who drew concocted this or you, I forget how it all came together, but the idea that we were going to go to Rich's house and take, take a picture, right? Yeah. 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 I don't remember who came up with this idea, but it was brilliant. So somebody had gotten Rich's, uh, address. Was it you? Somebody had gotten it. And I thought we all thought it would be really funny to go. I think it might have been Steve came up with this to like drive all of us drive to his house and like take a photo on his front lawn, like waving, and then give it to him as a Christmas present. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Rich keeps the location of his home a closely guarded secret. It's like, <laughs> as funny as that. Imagine if if we. We, we somehow were able to gain entry. And then we had this whole photo series, just like at his kitchen table. <laughs> like the would, whole thing. It's like all of us just sitting on his bed, playing cards at his table. Like, oh, it would be hilarious. We would never hear from him again. He would never. move and that would be it. <laughs> I think we all jokingly said like we would like be on the lawn and his like wife would come out. It's like, who are you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, we don't know this extent because uh, you did an episode, right? Who is Rich Roney, right? We, we don't know. He, he, for as much as we know, we don't know. For I know. for He's the one we talk to the most, yet still some... Yeah. Well, it's we're like, there's so much mystery. We, we, we're, we're making it a mystery. I mean, other than the fact that we've not ever been to where he lives. But other than that, I, we're, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're speculating a lot, but... You yeah, know, the mystique. The mystique. Well, maybe you can get some of it out of it uh, in your episode with him. Maybe, you know... Yeah, he'll be, our, he'll be our he'll be our summer episode. So, uh, so again, thank you very much for joining us for winter. Oh, thank you so much for this. I appreciate it. Really fantastic audience. Really, thank you as always. I hope that you enjoyed this and that you continue to enjoy our farewell run. Steve Oda will be here for spring. Rich Roney will be here for summer. We'll all get together for our fall farewell episode series finale. So make sure you tune in for all of that. Check out the other shows from the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network. And of course, as always, I love this sign-off. I don't get to do it too often because we don't do a lot of these episodes anymore. But don't be a flat squirrel. For so long I was hurting, but I'm better without you. Lost composure, but I made it through. For so long I was hurting, but I finally found the truth. No one's fault. Oh
was hoping that I'd lay right there with you. 